Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Robin. And I'd like to welcome you again, just like last week, to the Faith Friday series. The series where I just talk about my favourite films, because I've not managed to see any new releases uh, quite recently. So we'll make do with what we've got. (laughs) In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the 2015 film Holding the Man. And this film I have actually talked about before through my YouTube channel. I did it a few years ago. No, I didn't. It was 2020. I've lost track of all time. 2020 was last year. Forgive me. (laughs) I reviewed it for my LGBT film series that I do during Pride Month. Uh, Subsequently, due to unforeseen circumstances last year, that series was actually cut short. I won't get into it. If you want to know, you know, ask me about it. I'll probably tell you. But (laughs) I'm excited to just talk about this film and how much it means to me. And just how important the film is. So I hope you tune in and stick around. So let's just get into it. So, like I said, we're going to be talking about Holding the Man, which is an Australian film directed by Neil Armfield and starring Australian actors Ryan Court and Craig Stott. It is based on and adapted from the memoir Holding the Man, same name, written by Timothy Conagrave. The whole film and the memoir itself... It's just, it's an autobiographical piece of work, piece of film, essentially telling the story of Timothy's romance with a man called John Khalil. They met, they met in their high school and at the time, Australia was very homophobic. They both came from religious families And, of course, to have two two male students who are romantically interested in each other in those times. You can imagine how difficult it was for them to form and see each other romantically without being found out. But despite all that, they go on and have a 15 year relationship with each other but unfortunately as the film tells us the uh, the relationship was sadly cut short because this film really does go into detail uh, about the harsh reality of HIV and AIDS and it's really distressing almost like I watched this in the middle of lockdown last year and I'd had it in my Netflix list for a very long time because I had seen the trailer, I thought it looked really really good and one night in lockdown I wasn't at college because I'd finished college and I wasn't at work because I was furloughed, I think it was about two in the morning and I just thought 
you know what, I'm going to give this film a go. Did not expect when it finished around half past four or five o'clock in the morning to be sitting in bed crying my eyes out. Oh my goodness, this film is just so raw and emotional. It's... I can't even begin to tell you how much I absolutely love it. I loved it so much, I went on eBay and bought it on DVD immediately after because I just absolutely fell in love with it. As we all know, HIV, AIDS, it's, it's awful. Thankfully, nowadays, it's a lot more treatable. It's not as much of a risk as it was, which is really good. Of course, like 30, 40 years ago, AIDS was treated almost like its own plague, quote unquote. Uh, If it was known as like the gay plague and you could only get it if you were gay and if you were known to have it you know you were ostracized in society it was absolutely awful i used to study media when i was in high school and one of the topics um we would cover is you know representation of like lgbt and its portrayal within the British media then and now, like within the 80s compared to the 2010s, 2020s. And, well, it would have been 2010s at the time because I was at high school a few years ago. <laughs> but just some of the uh, the advertisements that used to be on television because of AIDS being so prominent and scary in the 80s there was one advert I can't remember who it was by but one the slogan was like AIDS don't die of ignorance which is absolutely unbelievable like you you could definitely not get away with that nowadays and obviously media and television the whole industry is really changed within the last 30 years and changed for the most part for the better but the years that the film is based in like going through the 80s to the 90s you can see the um the homophobic and discriminatory roots that that time period had especially like within Australia and it's is represented and it's portrayed very well but it's also like oh my god because this film's a true story like this actually happened it may be a bit um dramatized and emphasized just because it's a film but it's it's very emotional like the the t- john and Tim, they go against the odds. They still stick with each other, even though society and their families say no, that you can't see him. It's against the rules. You can't have, you can't be with a guy. We won't allow it. 
they stick with each other and they find communities and people who are like-minded like and they just they do it for each other and unfortunately because of the time period and with what they were doing they unfortunately contract HIV both John and Tim were diagnosed with HIV in 1985 according to the Wikipedia page for the real Timothy Conagrave they both remained healthy with this until about 1990 in 1991 John was diagnosed with cancer and in the film there's a scene where John and Tim are in hospital John has lost all his hair due to the chemotherapy and his dad visits them and his dad is very very against their relationship he's not happy with his son being gay and he's he says to John oh I'm telling people who ask I'm telling them that you're dying of cancer and John just turns to him and says well it's it's not really cancer is it it's AIDS and he's just his dad's just too disappointed and almost embarrassed to tell people what his son's actually dying of despite Tim also having HIV he looks after John even though he's dealing with his own illness and his own health at the same time he still cares for John like that's his now husband he loves him and unfortunately trying to cry (laughs) talking about this oh my god John dies in the film and subsequently he's he dies in real life obviously because the film is not a autobiographical retelling but you know what I mean it's representing the real relationship that happened and John's death in the film he dies on what I now know is Australia Day on the 26th of January which is cool I didn't know Australia had their own day the more you know and he's surrounded by his family at the hospital Meanwhile, Tim is outside. He's outside. I believe he's having a cigarette outside because of the stress or something. And then a nurse comes out to get him. He says, oh, I I think you'd better come in. And Tim sprints to John's bedside and is there beside him when he dies. And it's just... It's almost silent the scene where he passes and Ryan Core and Craig Stockley I previously hadn't heard of them as actors and I think they're absolutely fantastic they are so talented and portraying such a raw emotional story and 
relationship and two representing and acting as two amazing people telling such a amazing story they've really really nailed it and their on-screen chemistry like i've watched like behind the scenes and interviews because like i love this film i wanted to know every single thing about it and they're absolutely fantastic one scene in the film that really kind of hurt me a bit like kind of went right to my heart as like oh my god i can't believe that's happening and i can't confirm whether this actually happened because i haven't read the memoir like i haven't read the real timothy's memoir so um i i can't say whether this is true but in the film at john's funeral john's father tells tim that he is telling people that tim was john's friend and not his husband because the funeral is a religious ceremony and it's almost like It's almost like he's just too ashamed. Even though his son has just died, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm still not telling people that you were his husband. He, he was your friend. You were his friend, okay? And Tim's like, no, we were together for 15 years. That man's my husband. And he's like, there's nothing I can do about it. And there's a scene where... Uh, Tim is in the background at the funeral with everyone standing saying a prayer and he's just standing there in his suit looking so very sad and oh the tears were flowing let me tell you a few years after John's death in the film Tim is in Italy and because of his his illness, he has memory loss. The film actually starts, the, the opening scene is Tim in Italy and he's trying to remember something but he can't about John and him when they were teenagers. And he tries to, he looks ages for a phone and he finds the phone and he phone, he calls his childhood friend, Pepe. And he's like, can you tell me where John was sitting at that dinner party that we had? Because I can't remember. This isn't verbatim, by the way. (laughs) Just so you know. And he he, he just can't remember, but the, the payphone time runs out before he can get his answer. At the end of the film, We're back in Italy, almost like present day. And Tim is in the sea, swimming, and then one of the hotel concierge is calling his name from the shore. And he turns and he's like, why is he calling my name? And he's holding a piece of paper. 
and turns out Pepe phoned the hotel to deliver her answer as a message for Tim. And the note just says, John was beside you. Oh, that hit me right in the feels when I when I saw that bit of paper. Oh, honestly, it was so emotional. Like I know I've talked about this film, but it is really, really worth watching. I do believe it's still on Netflix. But honestly, I'll lend you the DVD. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> I'm away to check if it is on Netflix, actually, because if it is, great. If it isn't, petition for Netflix to get it back on because it's iconic. Is it? Oh, I think they've taken it off. One second. <gasps> they've taken it off Netflix. Oh my God. That's so disappointing. It's all right. I have the DVD, but you know, if you can manage to watch it and find a showing of it somewhere, please just sit and watch it. Have your tissues ready. Maybe watch it with someone, and then you can cry together. Because bloody hell, it is, it is sad. Oh. So John dies twenty sixth of January nineteen ninety two. Tim dies 18th of October 1994 so at the end Tim is narrating a chapter of his memoir and it's almost like it's a final letter to John and in a post credits well pre-credits scene the film goes to black and there's text on the screen that basically just says Tim Conagrave completed his memoir in October 1994 and then died 10 days later. And it's, oh, it's so, his whole film is just so sad. Like, I love the relationship that they had and well, what's portrayed in the film. Like, like I said, both actors really portray it like the two two of them so so well like oh, you you grow attached I don't know if it's just me but <laughs> I grow attached to like film characters like and I previously hadn't heard of holding the man I hadn't heard of Timothy Conagrave I hadn't heard of John Cleo I hadn't I didn't know this story and this th- this whole thing I never heard of it until I watched the film and now that I know and I just it really resonates with me and it really holds a place in my heart like yeah it's a wee romance drama film but it's so much more than that I honestly could talk about it for ages and I really (laughs) if you're listening to this right now and you know me personally go watch this film Again, I will give you the DVD. I just want someone to talk about it with. (laughs) It's not just me sitting in my bedroom talking about it on a podcast. Which I don't mind doing, by the way. Also, we, uh, fun fact, Guy Pearce is in this film. And I love Guy Pearce as an actor. So, uh, more on him in the future, though. In a a few... uh, episodes or maybe the next one I'm not too sure I'm going to be talking about a film that he's actually a main actor in so stick around for that one let's go to the conclusion 
before I start crying. <laughs> Holding the Man will always be one of my most favourite films. And I've only watched it twice. And I don't feel like... You know, you can have a favourite film that you've only seen a couple times. Like, for example, my ultimate favourite film is Blade Runner, right? Which I am yet to talk about on this series. But I have a feeling if I do, I'd be talking about it for ages. But I've only watched Blade Runner a handful of times. I feel like there's almost a fine line between your favourite films and films that you can just watch on repeat over and over again. With some exceptions, of course. There's like, I saw something the other day where it's like, it's a sign of like anxiety or something if you keep watching the same things over and over again. And maybe that's, maybe that's correct because like, like in my last episode when I talked about Shrek, like I could watch Shrek probably every day. Like I just wouldn't get bored of it. So, you know, maybe I should look into that. <laughs> but anyways, back to Holding the Man. In case you don't know, the film's title and the memoir title, uh, the term Holding the Man is, according to Wikipedia... Uh, it refers to a transgression that incurs a penalty in Australian rules football. And that's a reference to the fact that John Kaleo was a footballer in high school and he was a captain. So there, the, one of the scenes at the start when we're introduced to him as a character where... Tim is watching from the sidelines because he's got a massive crush on the captain. <laughs> um, there's the football game going on and I think it's John who just shouts, he's holding the man, sir, in, you know, in his wee Australian accent. I won't butcher that, though. <laughs> in, off, in the off chance I've got Australian listeners, I'm not going to butcher the accent, don't you worry. So, I think... I, I like the wee reference to that and I really I would really like to get a hold of a copy of the memoir so I can read it because I do love a good book and I feel like I'm gonna learn a lot more if I read the memoir but I've tried to find a copy and I can't find it anywhere and if I do find it it's really expensive to ship to the UK, so bear with me. I will find it someday and I'll get back to you. But that was my review. I, I didn't cry, <laughs> sort of, and I absolutely love it. And I really recommend that you watch it, even though I have talked about it. Please just give it a watch. It's especially if you want a film where you if you need a good cry definitely watch this film because you will cry and if you don't then you just have no heart i don't make the rules (laughs) okay that was a joke sort of anyways before you all leave (laughs) thank you very much for listening 
I appreciate the support as always. This podcast so far doesn't get many audience members, but for the ones who do listen, I appreciate you. And maybe one day we'll have thousands of people listening to me sit in my bedroom and talk to myself. So maybe one day I hope to be joined by you in the next episode. And until then, watch this space. <laughs>